It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And good morning, it's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one. Our lines are open, Bernie takes your comments this morning, 1850-333-103. Or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can email jp at c103.ie or you can tweet this morning at c103cork. Ahead in the programme and a warning to people who may love their pets but have a very busy lifestyle. Maybe a baby has come along in the family, you're going back to work and you feel you have to leave your pet go you can manage a pet as well as everything else and you're offering your dog or cat free to a good home well this could be a new scam we're going to hear a word of warning about that shortly from a person who got caught or a person whose friend anyhow uh, got caught and was it's a very distressing story for a person who loved their pet that's underway shortly and also staying with animals the landowners on the Cork Kerry border are being urged to report any suspicious activity at night following a surge in deer poaching we got a few calls from people in areas where they thought there was something going on but weren't too sure anyhow it's come out now that there is deer poaching in some areas along the Cork Kerry border. We're going to speak with Damien Hannigan of the Irish Deer Commission on that particular issue. And greenways are becoming very popular across the country. Dungarvan doing quite well with their greenway. Uh, there's talks of greenways in other parts of the county here in Cork, Clonakilty area. Uh, also, I saw Mallow looking for some type of greenway as well uh, and proposing a greenway in the Mallow area. A lot of those greenways are along the old railway line. So where the railway used to run and the railway is no longer running uh, that's where the particular greenways are being set up anyhow y'all now are looking for a greenway and there was a split in y'all some people felt the old railway line should be left as it is and should be reopened but Irish Rail have come out and they're saying they're not in a position to do so so we'll discuss that later in the programme should it become a greenway at the moment it's just overgrown would it be better as a greenway and attracting tourism rather than leaving it as it is and hoping then in years to come that a rail service will be used in Yall or will come to Yall. The thing is, the current tracks that are down there, Irish Rail have said they would have to be taken up and new infrastructure would have to be put down if they were to reopen a railway line to Yall. And with that then, they need capital funding. They wouldn't be able to do it on their own. They would need some help from the government. So your views are welcome on that. 
Uh, and you all, that is an issue for you all we're discussing, but it could be for anywhere. Do you think the Greenway should open elsewhere where there is old railway lines disused? I saw there on the This Is Bandon Facebook page a query and a poll they had up on if there should be a Greenway opened on the Cork to Bandon railway line, or indeed, should they set up like the conversation and you all, should there be trains back running to Bandon? And would that work? I, I presume the same thing will come back to Irish Rail, as I said about you all, new infrastructure and capital funding and all of that but is that something that should happen uh, an opening of more greenways or indeed should we look towards opening our railways or would that work now that everybody's driving but then if you look to the future they're making us go green and would they rather people to be on a train than on a car and you look at traffic and everything if you are working in the city it is easier sometimes just to get public transport without trying to be stuck in traffic and get parking and all of that so uh, that discussion later in the programme our lines are open your comments are welcome on the greenways 1850 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And also later we're going to discuss and hear about a mock wedding. Now, everybody loves a wedding. Well, most people do anyway. It's a great day out. Well, this is a mock wedding and it's a fundraiser for the very popular Nazareth House based near Drumahan near Mallow. We'll hear about that later in the show as well. So your calls and comments are welcome. 1850-333-103. I did mention earlier in the weather forecast getting cold again and it was cold this morning, the second morning where a lot of people were de-icing their cars, frost overnight and heavy frost in some parts of the county, icy roads as well in some parts and weather conditions, as I mentioned, that is going to get worse overnight. Forecasters are warning of heavy rain and strong winds and they're going to hit the western part of Ireland and here well the nearest county to us that is going to have a status yellow wind warning will be Kerry and that's going to be in operation from 3 o'clock today until midday tomorrow in Kerry but usually if there's a wind warning in Kerry you will have similar conditions along the, the border the coast areas as well uh, so I'd expect heavy winds in parts of Hollow, also mid-Cork and in West Cork as well. Uh, if there is a status yellow in the Kerry area, usually it does affect those areas of Cork. Anyhow, that weather is supposed to continue across the afternoon and indeed into Saturday as well, but it will ease uh, on the rest of the weekend. Sunday is supposed to be not a bad day, but still uh, that heavy rain expected overnight tonight and indeed heavy winds to go with that as well. And also it'll be interesting to hear from those of you who feel that you are in a twilight zone or a trap when it comes to health insurance because reports out today are showing and this is nothing new and we are aware of this that those of us I suppose who are working we find that we are earning too much to get a medical card but then we cannot afford private insurance so if you are going uh, to a consultant or to have an operation or whatever well if you're going to have an operation you're going to have to see a consultant first anyway Uh, so if you are going to see a consultant and you are meeting the consultants and you have your meeting but then you realise you're going to either have to pay yourself or if you want to see him sooner well, it's definitely going to be made pay because if you're going to wait, you could be waiting a year, two years on the public service and you cannot go with a medical card because you can't get one. You cannot afford then private insurance. You're going to have to pay. So to trap people find themselves in if they have the medical card, uh, at least with medications and prescriptions and all of that, something may be covered. Not everything, but something may be covered and it will be a help to you if you are on low wages. But then you're in a situation whereby if you need to go further, you're finding yourself caught in a trap where you 
can't get a medical card, you can't get private health insurance, you're relying on the public system or else you're paying for your consultation and they could be from 150 to 200 euros and indeed medication. It's a trap many people we know and we hear that over uh, the years find themselves in and are you one of those finding themselves in that particular trap whereby you are working and you're working hard and you're trying to do your best for your family but you, you simply cannot afford what you should be entitled to when it comes to medicine and indeed when it comes to going to a hospital or seeing a consultant. Let us know uh, all to do with the trap people find themselves in in that particular twilight zone. Uh, not enough for, not enough entitlements to get a medical card, not enough money to afford private insurance. 1850-333-103, lines open. Friday morning, our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Or you can call Bernie there on that number. You can text or WhatsApp here to 0862-103-103. I mentioned there about the issue of medical cards and people finding themselves caught in a trap whereby they earn too much to get a medical card but then they cannot afford private insurance and it's affecting so many hard-pressed families across the Ireland not indeed only here in Cork but across the country well Audrey has an example on text to 0862103103 Audrey says those medical cards myself and my husband are pensioners but work part-time and we fall outside the medical card by 30 euros we so we have only the public health insurance card as we can't pay private and yet I know some people that are rich in her view that have medical cards so I often ask how I often wonder how come they have medical cards and then we don't and yeah I mean it depends I suppose on the way they send in their details to the department looking after medical cards and maybe they're working the system in a certain way where they can maybe hide some of their income if you are thinking that those people are rich as you say and have a higher income than you and you're questioning how come they have a medical card and then you don't if you're falling outside the threshold by 30 euros. Thank you for your text, Audrey, to 0862103103. And something else making news this morning, and this is how the World Meeting of Families are compl- and have complained to the government that the coverage given to, to the Pope's visit by RTE, that this has discouraged people from going to the Phoenix Park for Mass. The documents released under the Freedom of Information laws show the events communication manager of the World Meeting of Families. She wrote to the Department of the Taoiseach nine days before the visit to complain about the broadcaster's coverage. She said, and this was on, I think, a lot of uh, media across the country, she said that too much emphasis was being placed on the long walk to the Mass. And then five days after the event, she wrote again and blamed the low turnout partially on RTE's comprehensive coverage of the day, which she said had meant people could watch it from the comfort of their own homes. Uh, This story on the front of the Times Ireland edition this morning, uh, going back to 79 when Pope John Paul uh, visited Ireland, the low turnout wasn't really a factor then I suppose, well different times then as well Uh, but they're blaming a lot of the low turnout this time around uh, to the bad weather on the day and maybe the walk did attribute to that particular turnout a different Ireland you could say though if you're comparing uh, now 2018 uh, to 1979 uh, but yeah they're not happy anyway the world families um, what are they again the world meeting of families uh, ain't happy uh, with the coverage about the Pope's visit even though they were the ones that 
organise it. So, you know, I, if they organised that particular walk. Maybe they could have got shuttle buses or something else in and out. I think there was some type of service like that in operation, but they could have got more. If that was proving a difficulty uh, and people were warning them in advance that this was a problem for them, the walk to the Mass in Phoenix Park, and that was just being highlighted by uh, RTE and media, I mean, maybe they should have done something to... For, for that to not to happen so people wouldn't have to walk and bring in buses or, or something like that anyway into the venue uh, but they're not happy anyhow even though they were the organisers of it uh, the blame game going on there when it comes to the actual uh, Pope's visit to Ireland even though uh, overall the visit was very successful and people were happy with that uh, the blame game going on about the mass attendances and I suppose you'd really have to question though it's a different Ireland now uh, than it was in the 80s so that is one of the reasons and yesterday I mentioned Ryanair and they were on about that they have changed their baggage allowance now and it's uh, this, it's the second passenger bag allowance change by Ryanair in 12 months and they've come out again today and say it's business as usual uh, about their particular baggage and indeed about their operations but Dan thank you Dan on WhatsApp yesterday morning was in to say uh, that even though they have come in the new rules have come in by Ryanair in Italy their competition watchdog has suspended and will appear, has actually first of all when the rules came out yesterday they ordered a suspension of the airline's new baggage policy and now Ryanair are repeating that suspension but the watchdog initially are standing by what they did yesterday so Ryanair is the new baggage rules basically which means that you can no longer bring you know the small onboard baggage you would bring to 10k case you have to pay between 6 and 8 euros now for that if you want to bring one small bag with you on the plane the competition authority in Italy have basically said well you can't do that and now Ryanair are appealing it and Dan making the point how come that wasn't done here in Ireland or in other European countries uh, when Italy have done that and we must say congrats to Kevin O'Donovan who's from the Rossmore area a lot of people questioning what will happen who will be the new secretary of Cork GAA well the new secretary is Kevin O'Donovan of the Kilmean Kilbree Club and he will replace Frank Murphy as secretary Frank in that role for a very very long time Kevin will take up his new role at the convention on December the 16th and of course at the moment Kevin O'Donovan is the current vice chairman of the board he will now become secretary of the Cork County Board and last night online anyhow there was a lot of congratulations and indeed people happy uh, saying that it will bring new fresh ideas to Cork GA so congratulations to Kevin and for all those now who were questioning what will happen uh, to the future of Cork GA that news broke yesterday evening a Ross Moorman taking over the role there and yesterday we were discussing home helps and the the feedback came from home helps themselves who feel the 30 minutes they get when they visit a person's home isn't enough so when they go along and provide home help in a person's home the one thing feedback we got back yesterday and this all came from the care ireland alliance uh, survey and, and report that they conducted into home care and accessing home care in this country it really came back to the home helps who feel that 30 minutes isn't enough to get the work done in a particular home you have to talk to the person as well and then you have to go from A to B and go elsewhere and one man did ring us he worked in a factory for years and he said while he worked in a factory there was a person who would basically shadow you during your work to see how long it took you to get the work done and then if it was longer than it should be well then they respected that and they dealt with that issue in that particular factory when a home help from Mill Street did contact us and she said I would love a coordinator to go around with her and see how much time it takes to get stuff done but they now they have had no 
no coordinator for the past three months in her area and they have a huge area to cover from Mill Street to Canturk to Ballydesmond to Charnival so an issue there now with no coordinators and also an issue to do with home helps and are not happy basically with the time frame they're given to call to those who they have to care for our lines are open 1850 text or whatsapp 086 2103 103 and if you're a pet lover and maybe you're in a situation whereby you may have to offer your pet free to a good home. Uh, a worrying story. We'll hear that next. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. Now this really is a word of warning for all dog lovers or even all pet lovers. Like Karen joins me from Skibbereen this morning. Good morning to you, Karen. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good. And thanks for joining us and raising this particular issue because it was a friend of yours, first of all, that this happened to. And she has a pet, a dog, and like everybody was working full time and she was very, very busy. And she had no choice really in the end but to leave the pet go. And so many people do this. They offer their pets free to a good home. And she thought she was doing that. So just take up the story from there when she thought she was doing good. That's correct, John Paul. Uh, basically, my friend told me this story last Monday night and I was absolutely fuming when I heard it um, as you mentioned she's working full time she's not at home, the dog is a big dog needs a lot of walks and she decided to offer the dog to go to home a free home which you know you can appreciate her generosity so this guy contacted her I hope it's okay to say the place Newcastle West she met him, he took the dog, she even gave him the bag of dog food and a couple of days later he started contacting her <coughs> pardon me and saying that he didn't want the dog and if she didn't come and collect the dog and pay him 200 euro, he was going to shoot the dog. Now, obviously, my friend was in absolute panic, drove to Newcastle West and collected the dog. Really upset. She was shaking. She contacted the Gardaí, but obviously nothing came of it. So when she told me, I asked, was it possible? I got her permission if I could share this because I just want people to be vigilant. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, never give a dog away. You know, you don't know where they're going. She was scammed. You know, she was scammed. She thought she was doing the right thing. And unfortunately, she wasn't. And so when she was handing the dog over, Karen, did she meet the guy in Newcastle West? Or did they meet in a... She met the guy in Newcastle West. And I asked her, how was he? And she said he seemed okay. But when she met him afterwards then, she met him opposite Tesco's in Newcastle West. And... I mean, basically, he said to her, he said, look, you're not going to see the dog or get the dog until you hand me 200 euro. Now, she was absolutely petrified. Even now, when I mentioned you contacting me, obviously, she doesn't want her name mentioned. This guy has got her phone number. Now, she rang his phone number. I think the guardy tried the number. His number doesn't ring, but he still has her number. So she's quite concerned. Yeah, and obviously he's done this before. I would presume the way he was so cute at it, and he's obviously got rid of his phone number. He's dumped the phone. He's got Absolutely. one of those pay-to-go ones. Absolutely. I mean, my my whole thing with this is that it's happened. I want to be proactive. I want to tell people be vigilant. We all love our dogs. People are being scammed, but quite often people are scammed. They're too nervous and they're too upset. They feel stupid. They don't want to see anything, and that's why I want to highlight this. I don't want it to happen to anyone else. I mean it more than likely has happened to other people and they've said nothing. So from this alone, if we can just warn people, we want to be proactive, you know, don't give a dog away to a good, you know, free home. Don't just advertise it. There are plenty of rescues. 
there's loads of people would offer a, a dog a good home. Just make sure you know where the dog is going. Yeah, know somebody that maybe is looking for a dog that you know well and they will look after the dog, absolutely, as you mentioned, rescue centres. So meanwhile, the dog is back home. My friend is really upset over her experience. And, um, you know, just disgusted, really, that this could happen, that there are people out there that are taking advantage of situations like this. Yeah, and a word of warning if you are ever buying a dog even or, or meeting someone to make sure you either meet them in their home or uh, somewhere uh, that's well known, not in a car park or, or not on the side of a street Absolutely. or something because we're hearing that more and more and more and there's no comeback and then a situation unfortunately like this could happen. We are, but unfortunately people hear it and they think it's not going to happen to them. Unfortunately it does. It happened to my friend. She has told nobody. She just happened to say it to me last Monday night. And I was so cross, I said I had to do something. And at least if we can warn people, get the word out there, do not put dogs up on social media. Do not offer them. Check where they're going. And if she saw this guy again, would she recognise him without going into too much detail here I on air? I spoke to her last night and as I was speaking to her, she was quite nervous because she said, look, he has my phone number. And is now, she afraid that he'll contact her again looking for something else? I, I, I mean, he scared her. I mean... To threaten to shoot a dog and to harm the dog, obviously by the tone of his voice, she wasn't taking any chances with him and she just handed over the money. But if he, if he was going to treat an animal like that, who knows what this individual is capable of. And he doesn't have her more details, just her phone number. He doesn't know where she's living or as anything As far like as I know, that's all. As far as I know, that's all. And is she afraid that she's going to ring looking for something? I mean, there's nothing else he can look for at this stage. There's nothing else on her. No, but I suppose if you have been scammed, God only knows, you know. It's a worry, yeah. If you scammed, violated, what, you know, what else would this person do? And did you, I know she reported it to the Gardaí. Were the ISPCA involved in this as well? I would honestly say nothing has been done other than what I've done because she was so upset over it. And at the end of the day, she felt like a fool. Well, that's the other thing. She doesn't want to be ringing people saying the story. And that's why it's so important, you know. Yes, she might feel like a fool, but if we can stop it happening to somebody else and just to warn people. And just back to the Gardaí, uh, what was their situation when they tried, obviously, to ring him and they have no way whatsoever of tracking him? Uh, Did anybody in in Newcastle West wear this guy? I don't think that they were too interested in it. And I think she was so upset. I think her whole attitude was just to get home and try and forget about it. And when she got back to her, where she's from, did she contact her own local guard station or even no, call into a local guard station? As far as I'm aware, yeah. it was just the Gardaí in Limerick. All right, because it may be her own local guard station, you know, that they might know the know her better and know where she's from and might look into it yeah, deeper for her. Yeah, I think the her. fact that she felt she was so conned, she just yeah. really didn't want to do anything about it. Well, that's awful. But I hope for, for her own sake and her own mental health that she will be okay and, and, she, and she will get well, over this because it's and, a shock. You know, she realises that at least if the public are warned, if it can, we can stop it happening to somebody else, at least there's a lesson in it. But at the end of the day, people have to be more vigilant. We all love our dogs. It's great if they can go to a good home, but we need to know the home. You know, there's plenty of people out there who are trying to find homes for dogs. You know, talk to the professionals, get help. Do not put it up on social media because from this we know there are people that are scammers and this guy obviously had no interest in that poor dog. And uh, just a bit of help here from listeners who were in touch with us. You mentioned that the dog would need a lot of walking. A few people have been on saying, JP, there's a lot of dog walkers out there and a lot of professional dog walkers. Maybe that lady could check up on them and maybe have someone walking her dog. That might help her. And a few more people saying if she's that worried about that particular person ringing her, uh, they would advise her to change her phone number. Now, I know that can be very awkward. That's a very good suggestion as well. But of if course, she wants I, will, to do I that, pass on all those comments to her and I do appreciate it. It might just bring peace of mind to her Absolutely. to, to I think her number. biggest concern was that she's working full time that the dog is home alone. 
Yeah, and she, and I know she's afraid when she's at work that anything might happen. Absolutely, yeah. but I mean, she happily handed over the money because the dog's safety was paramount. Well, if we pass on our best wishes uh, to your friend anyway, Karen. I mean, you know, everything uh, that, that, that you've said there, we can see why she's feeling that way, but tell her not to worry too much. And maybe that advice, if she feels safer changing her phone number, to do that. And I know it can be awkward telling people her new number, but if she's feeling better for that, uh, tell her change the number. And the big warning here for people is, if you have a pet and you want to uh, send your pet free to a good home, make sure it goes to someone you know or one of the rescue centres. And be careful as well from those adverts free to a good home. because. Who's to say that you haven't given your pet free to a good home and then that person is selling your particular pet elsewhere. So just be very, very careful. Absolutely. John Paul, I'd just like to thank you so much for featuring this because it is imperative that the public know and that, I mean, obviously it would be great if this guy could be caught and if he could be stopped. But just for the public to be more vigilant, look out, look after your animals and just be careful. Yeah, it's a good word of advice, Karen, for the moment. Thank you for highlighting this and speaking to us this morning. And you know, we'll see what happens with this particular story, if anybody will be caught. But it's a word of warning for everybody out there. Anyhow, uh, Karen joining us from Skibbereen. Thank you for joining us. 1850 a uh, word of warning when you think you can go and you know offer your dog free to a good home and think it is going free to a good home and then that particular situation happens or you offer your dog free to a good home and then your dog and you re- realize this later on your dog could be sold to somebody else uh, but just a word of warning when you were you have a pet you want to send your pet somewhere as we mentioned rescue centers or someone you know that really is where you should go uh, rather than doing what Karen's friend did there unfortunately getting caught by a particular scam anyhow um, hopefully she will be okay and thank you from listeners for advice there for her friend as well uh, but just a word of warning if you have pets make sure you look after them 1850 lines open you can text on whatsapp 0862103103 and maybe that has happened to somebody else maybe it's something we should be offering a word of warning to this particular man was from the Newcastle West area well we don't even know if he was from there he was in and around that area he could be from anywhere he could have just met her there uh, maybe it's something if, if you have had a situation like this let us know so we can warn others who may be affected by this you can do that to Bernie 1850 uh, just as we're speaking about animals that there we got a few calls earlier on the week from people who were suspicious of activity and this was in the early hours of the morning and the areas we were getting were on the Cork Kerry border part of Duhallow mid Cork in that area and they weren't sure what was happening. Well, it seems now landowners on the Cork Kerry border are being urged to report any suspicious activity at night because there seems to be a surge in deer poaching. Uh, we'll hear about that next. Landowners on the Cork Kerry border are being urged to report any suspicious activity at night following a surge in deer poaching. The Irish Deer Commission says it's concerned about the recent activity. And Damien Hannigan of the Irish Deer Commission joins me. Good morning to you, Damien. Good morning, John Paul. Thank and thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, your concerns so on the Cork Curly border, is, has this just really spiked in the last few weeks or what really is happening here? Yeah, I, I suppose the, the illegal killing of deer or, or deer poaching is not not a new crime. It's something that we've had for, for a long time. But I suppose uh, worryingly, we've, we've seen a, a significant increase in, in recent months. Um, and I think the Cork Curry border is one of the areas, but we're, nationally we're seeing it in a number of areas. But uh, you know the Cork area is a particular hotspot for this crime, um, and obviously, you know, in terms of of deer, um, you know, they're they're an important part of our of our natural heritage, and they're a protected species, uh, and they may be only culled under a special license. 
but effectively what's happening with these individuals, they're, they're, they're going out into the countryside at night when most of us are tucked up in our beds and um, they're effectively, uh, you know, um, chasing these uh, protected animals uh, with, with large dogs and, and, and powerful lights and dazzling them or, or they're being shot at, at night. So they're shooting them in the middle of the night? In the middle of the night, yes. It, it, it's, uh, so generally how, they, how they, 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 these criminals operate is that, as, as I mentioned, they'll go to areas where they are frequent, you know, such as forestry and mountainous uh-huh. areas, and they'll use powerful lights to dazzle the deer, uh, and then the deer is shot. Um, or the more disturbing um, element of it is sometimes they'll use especially uh, bred dogs to chase down the deer, uh, the deer is then pinned to the ground and is either bludgeoned to death or, or has its throat uh, cut. Uh, probably the most horrific uh, wildlife crime that you, you could imagine. Um, and unfortunately, this is, is, has been a growing trend. Um, in recent days, uh, we've seen uh, videos circulated uh, through social media and that shows this crime in action. Now, the location of the video is unknown, um, but it shows uh, a number of individuals in an SUV-type vehicle uh, pursuing a mature red stag um, across the countryside while it's being chased by dogs and, and dazzling the animal with a powerful light. Uh, and then the animal is struck with the vehicle. Um, and, and disturbingly, you can hear in the background these individuals laughing at the, at the animal's distress. So um, it's, 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 it's very much a, a new law in terms of how these, these criminals operate. Uh, and, and while you know, the Irish Deer Commission, uh, our members are involved in management of deer and that includes culling of deer uh, you know as i mentioned it's done under a special license it's it's only legal to uh, cull deer um, during daylight hours uh, it's only legal to cull deer during the months of september to february um, and a while the management or culling of deer may be an emotive topic to people you know in the absence of a, of a, of a natural predator uh, it does fall in man to control the numbers um, but it is important that this is done in a sustainable manner that is safe and that's ethically responsible. Um, and discharging firearms at night in the countryside or chasing deer down with packs of dogs is, is not, uh, is, it doesn't fit at that. It must be the worst sort of crime on wildlife that, that is going on there at the moment. And what are they doing then? I mean, if they, if they kill the deer, what's happening with the deer? Are they taking the deer with them and what are they disposed or how are they disposed of the deer? What are they doing? Yeah, good question, John Paul. Yeah, no, typically what happens is one of two things is that the the deer that are killed with dogs uh, using that method is that if you kill an animal in a highly stressed um, environment, it releases adrenaline into the carcass, making it unfit for human consumption. So what we often find is that these animals are dumped in the countryside and left to rot, or they're used as, 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 as a form of dog meat uh, for these specially bred dogs. Um, what's more common in the Cork Kerry area would be is that uh, individuals are going out at night and shooting the animals. Um, often what happens is the animal is left in the countryside overnight to uh, avoid detection or suspicion, and then they're collected during daylight hours when it is legal to, to call deer under special permit, as I mentioned, um, and uh, avoid detection. And effectively, these carcasses then are sold into the food chain. So uh, not, not, to, not, to, not to, to, to sound too it, but as you can imagine, leaving a carcass in the countryside overnight, it, it's open to be fed on vermin and so on. Uh, and then these carcasses are, are, are going into the food chain. Um, and venison is, is a highly sought-after, very valuable and healthy meat. And, you know, this type of crime, it destroys the reputation of, of, of venison in Ireland. 
And has anyone been caught for these particular crimes? I mean, is it just one or two or three gangs going around doing this? Or how is this working? Do we know or have you an insight to who could be doing this, especially here in the Cork Kerry border? Yes, typically what happens is that it's very much a covert uh, type of crime where these individuals operate within secret uh, Facebook groups and social media groups and they're sharing videos and, and, and photographs online. And some of these come to, uh, I suppose, come to our attention from time to time. And typically it comes from either members of the public that come across these or more commonly is actually legitimate law-abiding hunters who are obviously would detest this form of uh, of, of crime. Um, and effectively, um, what we've seen is that there have been, for example, uh, successful uh, prosecutions in the courts um, uh, where where individuals have been involved in this form of crime. Um, so typically, more so, we haven't seen um, uh, successful, um, in recent times anyway, in the previous, we have in, in the Cork Kerry area, but in other areas of the country, there have been a number of successful prosecutions in, 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 in the courts. Um, but thankfully, what we are seeing and what we would kind of call on your listeners, uh, John Paul, is that over the coming weeks and months, um, as the days grow shorter uh, with the change change of the, of, of the clock uh, that the weekend just gone, is that typically is that uh, these individuals are obviously operating in the dark um, and you'll see a peak in this crime, uh, particularly in the now and Christmas. Um, and what we would call on people is to, to, to be vigilant um, in areas where uh, where deer are present in, in such as forestry and, and mountainous areas, uh, and if they, they suspect or any uh, or sorry, observes any uh, you know um, any suspicious activities, to report it to the local Garda station or the local National Parks and Wildlife Conservation Ranger, um, who would be responsible in terms of uh, enforcing the wildlife acts and, and protection of, of species such as deer. And I know you were mentioning the cutting times there. Is it still mating season for the deer? We know we got calls a few weeks ago saying be careful driving in various areas of the county because it was mating season and there was deers running in front of cars and that type of thing. Is that one of the issues that deers are walking around and running around wild and the, and the people hunting know that or, or, or is mating season over now? Yeah. So, yeah, the breeding season is, is, is also known as the rutting season, as, as you mentioned Um Typically, it peaks in the months of September and October. So the rutry at this point in time has come come to an end. But one of the consequences of the deer poaching, or in particularly where the dogs are used to chase the deer down, is that deer effectively have three basic needs, and they are uh, food, shelter, and, and peace and quiet. And in, in an area where they're continuously hunted at night by these criminals, uh, deer will move into new areas, and you'll typically start to see deer, deer in areas that you haven't seen them before. But that involves deer crossing roads or being chased across roads by dogs and, and obviously bring them into conflict with motorists. Um, so deer in, in, their, in their natural habitat you know, tend to remain in the one location and not stray too far. But as I said, when they are put under pressure, they will move. And you know, we've seen an increase in the number of road traffic accidents being reported um, in, in, in recent times. Um, so it's really you know, to, not to say that they're solely down to this, this, this criminal activity, uh, but you know, deer in their nature will will search for 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 food. As I mentioned, after disturbed, after is, um, for example, clearing a forestry in an area, it will move deer around into new areas. 
And I've just got a lot of texts now from people living in other areas outside the Cork Kerry border. Someone living on the Cork Waterford border says mm. it's happening all the time here. It's a disgrace and it needs to be stopped, says Kevin. Thank you for your text. And what do you do from, this is coming from various areas now of the county, uh, people who are aware of someone who is shooting deer illegally, uh, can they report that to someone or how does that work? Yes, so so the, the, the advice we would give, as, as I mentioned earlier, would be is to is to take note of you know any relevant details such as a vehicle registration uh, or any other information. But the one thing we'd ask is not to approach these these individuals. We've already had an incident in recent weeks where a landowner was actually kicked unconscious by by these criminals when he confronted them. So what we would say is not to not to confront these individuals. Take note of the information and just immediately contact our local Garda station or the local National Parks and Wildlife. Uh, services cons- conservation ranger um, and just take note of that relevant information um, but it is as, as your listener has just pointed out there in terms of other areas it is uh, it is a crime um, that you know we're at the point now where these criminals feel they can go into the countryside and there's a low chance of them being detected um, without any regard and, and, and the fact of the matter is is that this, you know, while uh, the vast majority of landowners obviously would be concerned about people trespassing on their land, but if people were inadvertently to turn a blind eye and sort of think that maybe these individuals are managing the deer numbers or controlling the deer numbers, they're actually wrong because what what it does is that a number of things is discharging firearms recklessly and illegally at night in the countryside puts, you know, people in rural communities at risk, it puts livestock at risk. And actually what it does, it encourages the spread of deer into new areas um, and it creates further problems in terms of managing deer because when deer are put under that level of stress, uh, they become quite you know, uh, nocturnal and difficult to manage um, and it just ultimately creates a problem for people. Uh, by 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 doing um, um, you know, inadvertently maybe thinking that they're doing a favour and leaving somebody onto their property or their land. Yeah, and the one thing is there is uh, as we mentioned earlier when we were mentioning the mating season, they can run out in front of cars as well on traffic and roads because they're distressed. So it can lead to a, a number of factors. Uh, one idea here, this is Donal in Khmer. He says he has to apply to the national parks every year for a license to hunt deer. Now he brings tourists into Ireland to hunt the deer. He rents land from Kilta if the national parks would supply tags to hunters so he could tag each deer he is selling into the food chain he feels that would stop the poaching would that work yes and it's a very good suggestion donald has made there and it's something as the irish deer commission that, that we've supported ourselves in terms of uh, having a more traceability and, and a tagging system in place the one small thing in terms of but small but important issue around the tagging suggestion there is that you know, if we look in other countries, um, you know, they, they have a tagging system. They very much have a handle in terms of the numbers of deer. So they know, for example, each year we need to issue X number of tags uh, to, uh, you know, keep the population at a sustainable level. Um, but here in Ireland, we, we, we've never undertaken any census work in terms of to say, you know, are deer numbers increasing? Are they decreasing? Are they remaining the same? But I think as, a, as an idea in terms of uh, creating more traceability and accountability, I, I, I think it's an excellent idea and something that we've suggested uh, through various forums that we, we, we've been involved with. 
Okay, well, a lot of people are coming in with various suggestions here on what to do. One thing is, apart from what's going on with the deers, it's also frightening people living in rural areas and living on their own because they're aware this is happening and they're, they're just seeing torches and roaring and screeching in the early hours of the morning. So it's frightening people on their own, especially vulnerable people. And also a lot of people making the point that the local guard stations are closed from two o'clock, says John in text. I suppose you could ring the, the, the number still it will go to your nearest guard station. Uh, but it is just, um, it's just awful to think that we are treating our Life in this way for the moment, Damien. Thank you for highlighting this with us this morning. That's Damien Hannigan there, who joins us from the Irish Deer Commission. Our lines are open on that 1850-333-103. You can text a WhatsApp 0862-103-103. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103.
It's the Eagles Take it to the limit At C103 On a Friday morning Good morning to you John Paul McNamara In for Patricia Messenger Right through Until 1 Bernie takes your calls 1850-333-103 Or indeed You can text Or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 You can email JP At c103.ie Or indeed You can tweet This morning At C103 Cork And the phone lines Have been busy If you are finding it tough to get through You can also send us A private message On Facebook If you're on Facebook, search and like us, C103 Cork. You can send us a message there privately on Facebook as well if you're finding it hard to get through on our phone lines. Now, uh, just want to get back to the story we were speaking with Karen earlier on our comment line. And this was Karen's friend who was in a situation whereby she had a dog and needed a lot of attention and walks. She was busy with work and she decided to offer the dog free to a good home. She met a man from, well, he claims he's from Newcastle West. Uh, She went there gave the dog over to him, free to a good home and all of that. A week later or less, he rang her saying, unless she came back with the money of 200 euros, he was going to kill the dog. So that's what he said to her on the phone. So imagine that she was a, a, it was a beloved pet and only leaving the pet go because she had a very busy life. And to getting that particular phone call then saying that unless she went along and met him and gave him 200 euros, uh, he would kill her dog. In that situation, of course, she drove to the area of Newcastle West and she met that guy. Now, he would not even show her the dog or give her the dog unless she handed over the 200 euros to him. So she did that. And luckily, yeah. Yes, she got her dog back because I see a lot of people texting in saying, uh, what happened in the end? Did she get her dog back? As we mentioned, yeah, she did. And the lady did have to pay 200 euros to get her dog back. She's quite uh, shaken up over the whole ordeal, as you would be. She was scammed out of the money, but also to say and to get a call that someone you gave your dog to free to a good home would actually ring you back a few days later and look for that type of money and say that they'll kill your dog. Anyhow, it has been reported to the Gardaí and the authorities that they are unable to do anything at the moment on that particular situation. The guy's phone isn't ringing, obviously one of the pay-to-go phones. Uh, Karen's friends, her worry is that he has her phone number, uh, but a lot of people gave advice earlier on who were speaking to Karen on the show just to say that, uh, tell that woman, change her phone number. If she's that worried, change her number. I know it's an ordeal, but if she has a new number, then she has one less thing to worry about, but it was an ordeal for her. Uh, But she's not alone because we've got more people in the last while who have come forward. And uh, as Karen was telling us, her friend was embarrassed to go forward and just wanted to uh, get the ordeal over and done with and go home. She did report this to a guard station in Limerick. I was saying maybe to go back into her own guard station where they would know of where she is from, maybe know her. And they would maybe deal with her in a different way because they're aware of her and and they know where she's from and they know the area. You know, going into a a guard station where they're not aware of you, not to say that they don't do their job, but... might get a bit more compassion from your own local guard station and you might not know the guard from Adam he could be from anywhere else in the country but still that you're local to the area they might be able to look into it for you more because depending where you go it can be a very busy guard station and that anyhow um, Neve was caught in a similar situation she tells us that she offered her dog free to a good home like Karen's friend did and the person ran back a week later now this person didn't want to kill the dog but told her that she this was a she that she would put the dog down or no, not, sorry, not put the dog down put the dog down into a rescue centre as she could not deal with the dog anymore now this was five days after uh, Neve brought her particular beloved pet 
to this person free to a good home and she came back to her a week later and basically saying that they were going to put the dog into a rescue center unless wait for this Neve came back with 100 euros so Karen's friends had the 200 euros to pay out and Neve was scammed out of 100 euros again Neve saying this was in the Limerick area and I could not think of my dog in a centre that I wasn't aware of so I immediately took off I drove to that area of Limerick and my neighbour now she goes in the end is caring for my dog during the day while I'm at work so it has worked out in the end because of me telling my story to my neighbours one of my neighbours recently retired and said look I look after your dog during the day it would be awful to think that that situation could happen again Neve said yes like Karen's friend I was shaken up from this particular incident but I think the message here is first of all if you have a pet and you need your pet to go to another home well make sure you know the person or go to a rescue centre that you are aware of and that you know and as Neve says here in her text think twice before getting pets because Neve says that they need attention as much as humans so Neve's story very similar to Karen uh, and again, uh, even though they weren't going to kill Neve's dog, they were going to bring the dog to a rescue centre. Uh, and Neve just couldn't think of her dog going to a particular centre that she wasn't aware of. It could have been a great centre, but that was not the deal. The deal was that she would stay, the dog would stay with that particular family and it wasn't turning out that way. Uh, but of course, for Neve to get her dog back, she again had to pay €100. Euros. So a similar story. Uh, thank you for your call or your text, Neve, to 0862103103. Heidi on WhatsApp saying... Why do why do people do this? Why do people think they can treat animals like this? We have to look at the way we treat all our animals and then have to realise that this is just cruel. Animals feel pain as well. Uh, we do. We should not treat them like we would treat ourselves. Uh, they have to care as well. When you look at the example of seeing a cow and the way a cow uh, and look, look after her calf, for example, Heidi is giving, they do care for each other uh, on WhatsApp to 0862103103. And that will follow up on our conversation regarding the deers as well uh, and the deer poaching that is happening. Uh, we're learning this morning, not only on the Cork Kerry border, but also on the Cork Waterford border. And the girls in Mallow on WhatsApp saying, that is awful for what has happened to that poor girl. How could that man do that to her? Thank God she has got the dog back. A lucky, lucky escape for her and also also a lucky escape for the poor dog shame to that evil man he will have no luck for that uh, say the girls in Mallow on WhatsApp uh, a lot of people pass on best wishes to Karen's friend and hopefully that she will be okay after that particular ordeal and that she'll get over it and people telling her not to worry about that now and maybe if she is worried change her phone number and she'll be able to have a peaceful mind at least but there's no way now he can come after her for anything else because he basically has got what he wanted. He got the money, hasn't he? And he's nothing else that he can take off for. Anyway, your calls and comments are welcome. Maybe you've been in that particular situation. 1850 A text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. And uh, what's happened to us? First of all, this is from Mary who says, on the issue of the presidential election and the issue of Michael D. Higgins, his posters are still up around Buttevant a week later. There should be a fine, says Mary. Well, on that, we check this in for you, Mary. And for all elections, and it was this day last week, posters must be removed within seven days of polling day. So I presume Michael D's team 
are going to remove those particular posters in the Buttevant area later on today. And these requirements are set out under Section 19 of the Illicit Pollution Act 1997. And they were amended again in 2009. And the finding for responsibility of enforcement of the Illicit Laws, it all lies with the local authorities. So be Cork County Council will be issuing the final. They can't issue the fine until it's, it's up there for over seven days. But for any election, for any referendum, if they are in breach of the time frame, they, no matter who they are, are subject to on-the-spot litter fines of €150. And if you see a poster up, they say you can complain about the posters to your local authority and then they will expect uh, the particular spot they are up in and they will arrange for the particular poster to be removed, but also whoever has the poster up because they should have a sign somewhere on the particular poster who is responsible for that particular poster. Well, they'll be charged 150 euros. So there is fines for that, Mary, but it has to be over seven days. So it'll be later on tonight or tomorrow when those fines will come into operation. Thank you for your WhatsApp. And Jerry onto us on WhatsApp also earlier this morning. And he's mentioning something that is in the papers yesterday. And indeed on Wednesday as well. And this is James McLean, of course, who plays for Ireland and he plays and has previously played for uh, Sunderland, Wigan, West Brom and all those teams. Uh, he has come under fire again because and he's come out a number of times about this, but he, it's a debate that keeps coming up for him because he's not wearing his Remembrance Day poppy. And people are asking why he is not wearing the poppy. And he's again come under fire about this particular poppy for Stoke's upcoming games against Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest. But again, he has come out and said he has made his decision. It doesn't change from the other years. He can only give... Uh, his reasons once and once only and he's given the same reason every year and he just doesn't want to wear it for his own reasons. So, Jerry basically asking people and on the back of the uh, presidential election I mentioned there regarding Michael D, Lena Rita said that she would have no problem wearing a poppy if it means that it brings communities together and it shows that we're becoming somewhere united. Uh, he's wondering, would people here in Ireland wear a poppy? Now, you must remember there was, I know it's uh, it's to do with uh, World War One. We had a lot of Irish people who served in the British Army during World War One, there was almost 26,000 killed in action. Uh, of the, many of those were Irish. And, and because of that, people say, yeah, we would wear the poppy because maybe your great-grandfather or somebody uh, did fight in World War One, And even though he was Irish, Britain ruled her and uh, back at that stage, uh, they, they would have fought with the British Army. And that's why so people, some Irish people have no problem wearing the Irish poppy because of that. But then other people see the particular poppy, and I found more examples online of this, they see it of the atrocities carried out by the British Army and also as a symbol of British imperialism. And that is why uh, some some Irish people then won't wear the poppy. Of course, the poppy is worn uh, 11 days up to the November the 11th uh, when they remember, uh, when they remember, it's called Remembrance Day and it's because of what happened in World War One. Uh, so, jury just asking the question, would you wear the poppy? Would you not wear it because of some reasons people give or would you wear it because so many Irish did fight in that particular war? Or do you even care? Let us know, 1850-333-103 and a lovely picture if you have the copy of the Irish Examiner this morning of Cormac Sherry Estuary and the view over the estuary from Cormac looking over across the way I presume towards parts of Kilbritton and that area 
and uh, lovely fluffy clouds over the estuary and a rainbow and a lovely rainbow over the estuary as well it's a beautiful photo caught by the local photographer there from Cork Mac Martin Walsh so a uh, nice photo if you want to check that out on the back of the Irish Examiner today of course the big question is now the inter of the uh, particular rainbow there which seems to be falling on the Kilbritton side is who got the pot of gold C103 Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for including round tower fitted furniture and kitchen in the scheme. They require an experienced carpenter for the making and the fishing of furniture and kitchens. You can contact John there on 086 Home Instead Senior Care, they require caregivers from McCroom, Dunamore and Blarney areas. You need experience in your own transport is essential. Contact 021-4307-907 for further details. And an experienced bar person is required for Mallow Tom, the previous experience, fluent in English and a good work ethic. Your references are essential for this particular role. You can apply in writing to localpubmallow at gmail.com. And you'll find all the details and more job opportunities now online. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Greenways are being discussed and opened across the country in a bid to attract tourism with the Wild Atlantic Way and Ireland's Ancient East. Both in Cork, greenways are being planned for the entire county. But there is some confusion though in one East Cork town. Uh, someone you all feel a railway line should be reopened instead of a greenway. But is that really possible? Well, Councillor Mary Linehan Foley joins me uh, to discuss that issue. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning, how are you? I'm fine, thanks Mary. Now at the moment I was looking at pictures you posted up of this particular old railway line uh, that has been proposed for a greenway. At the moment just bushes growing there and I presume a lot of people would like a greenway to be opened in that area because Irish Rail have come out and as it stands they're not going to open a railway line, Mary, from Yall to Cork without some type of capital investment and that investment isn't coming any day soon. No, you're right, John Paul. And I suppose the confusion really that is there is that people seem to think from the beginning once these once it went out for a public consultation that we had a choice and that it was a vote between a railway or a greenway. And that actually isn't the case at all, John Paul. As you've mentioned already, Irish Rail has said and have been saying over the last, I suppose, 20 years I'm lobbying for a railway since the first time I got involved in politics, as all town councillors were in the day, but that's not going to happen and it's not going to happen I suppose in my lifetime that the railway will be coming back it's just not I suppose it's not like long ago when people keep going back to the years of the railway in Yale where hundreds of people and thousands of people came down in their droves from the city and from other areas to visit Yale and to spend time at the beach but they were days John Paul I suppose where nobody went on foreign holidays they weren't as cheap to go on foreign holidays there wasn't flights so Yale was the seaside town and the place to be but unfortunately, them days are gone. Nearly the majority of people now have cars, and anybody that does travel to you all comes by car. And Irish Rail have said numerous times and over and over again they have no intention of opening um, a railway line in you all until the population grows massively between McGeeley and between all them areas on the railway line. So for now, we've been offered, well, we'd be hoping we still have to go to the funding stage of it, but there are proposals out there for a Greenway project and I think as a local representative, I suppose, and as a Yale person, um, rather than be looking at the derelict site that we're looking at and that we will be looking at for the next 30 years, um, a Greenway is the only way to go. 
Yeah, and there are some of you all still who think you should go down the railway line route or put the greenway somewhere else. But I presume even if if they were going to look in the future of a railway line and populations did grow in Mogili and those areas you mentioned, uh, the tracks that are there are no good. They would have to put down new infrastructure. So they would may have to go a different route than they are on. So it wouldn't make an impact now if a greenway was built on that particular old railway line. And if there were maybe in five or ten years' time considering a new railway line, it wouldn't impact on that. Not impact on it at all. Because we'd be only leasing the line from Irish Rail as in Cork County Council would. Because that railway line is there and is in situ. And the greenway will be done um, just side by side with that. And again, it's worth mentioning, John Paul, that, you know, for Irish Rail, they've looked at this and they've looked at it numerous times over the last number of years because it has been high on the agenda of every councillor in the all over a number of 20 years, as I mentioned before. And they've looked at this. It could cost in or around 150 million to put the railway, to re, to put it back to the way it was. There are bridges, bridges along the way as well that need to be fixed. There are loads of issues with bringing the railway. And they did mention that if it ever was coming back, it will never come back into where the turntable is out by the Strand area in the old town. It will probably come to an area like as we call the Bog Road where they'd be parking. But you'd have to provide a um, specific amount of parking spaces for a railway line. So, like, it's not going to ever come back to where it was anyway. So, therefore, you would still need to be transported from the old town we'd say, out to where the railway is. It isn't in walking distance even of the town centre between the Bog Road and the old, if you know what I mean. Locals yeah. know exactly what I mean. But, like, we are working in conjunction with Irish Rail. It's only a leasing project. And if state funding did ever become available, and if they did ever want to reopen the railway line, they can easily do so. A lot of the work would be already done, as with the Greenway project, all the derelict area, the whole way from Yall to Middleton will be after being cleared anyway. So it's a kind of a win-win situation. But it's getting the message out there, John Paul, because I do understand, and I've said numerous times on Facebook and on social media and on radio programmes, if I thought for one minute the railway, there was a possibility of the railway line coming back to Yall, I wouldn't even be mentioning a greenway project, and that's been honest. I would be continuing getting the railway back. But they have told us, and told us numerous times there is no chance of the railway in the foreseeable future. So rather than look at what we're looking at, John Paul, we need to open up y'all. We've a lot of big projects coming up. We face two of the boardwalk as well coming up that will go in conjunction with this Greenway project. And we need to get people in, basically. And you've seen firsthand there, Mary, in y'all, the developments that have happened in nearby Dungarvan and how a success their Greenway has been there in West Waterford. It brought a lot of new tourism. Now, y'all doing well, you must say, for tourism this year. Going on that, what happened in, in Dungarvan, it's something that you want to adopt in y'all. And if you get everything go- goes ahead, how soon can this come into play? Because, as I mentioned earlier, we are in Cork, luckily, that we have the Wild Atlantic Way in one part of the county and Ireland's Ancient East and the other side of the county and some would say East Cork is the hidden gym when it comes to Cork because there's so much an offer there but maybe isn't marketed enough so the Greenway might bring more tourists to your area there. Of course, that goes without saying and I visited the, the Dungarvan um, Greenway and we met with councillors down there and we met with people that were in opposition at the time down there as well um, to do with lands and to do with different things because as you know, John Paul, it would be going through new, numerous people's lands, Greenway projects just do but like... I met with people down there, we met with councillors and like uh, it's massive, it is booming 
down in Dungarvan at the moment. Even the other day, for midterm, I went down there myself with my with my grandchildren, and there was bicycles all over by McDonald's. There's all bicycle areas everywhere. It has opened up Dungarvan totally. I spoke to businesses down there, B&Bs down there. You can't get a bed night there. And it's not only in the summertime, but it's at midterm breaks and coming up to Christmas. Everybody nowadays, more so than ever before, loves the Greenway Project and loves to be out in the fresh air and to bring their kids out. This would open up y'all totally. And again, it's not we can have one without the other. We can have both. But the one in the foreseeable future is the Greenway Project, John Paul. It isn't the, it isn't the railway project, unfortunately. But I feel anything we can do for the town, and that's my job as a public rep, if there is even a slight chance of us getting funding for this, we need to be open. We need to open up the town and get the people in because this will only tip off what, what already we have to offer. I've been on the show plenty of times with Patricia and I know I'm probably more biased because I'm from y'all, but like we have the Lighthouse Project, which we got funding for. We're opening that up as a picnic area. We also were in phase two, as I mentioned, of the boardwalk, continuing it out to the Wildsley Hotel. There are other little things happening along in the town centre as well that we're getting funding for. So the Greenway really would just tip it off nicely. And just interesting there when you're mentioning Dungarvan and the objectors you met, because I know there's a few objectors as well in Yol who, who really don't want this to, to go along. The objectors in Dungarvan, what was their view now following the Greenway opening and because there was an issue with land and people were worried about how it would go and we can see Dungarvan booming now from this. What was their view after the whole thing has, has opened and worked out? Uh, how were they receiving the news of tourism boosts to that area of West Waterford? Because it, even though there was tourism there before, Mary, it, it has increased a lot more in the last while? Of course. And every um, village that was in Kilmer Thomas as well, and there were businesses in Kilmer Thomas, restaurants and stuff that were closing. Yeah. And only for this, they said, Mary, this has saved our businesses. It has opened us up. We could get loans to fix, to do up our businesses to go in conjunction with it. And only for the Greenway, it wouldn't be there. But the objectors, the main, ob- I suppose, I couldn't, couldn't say really in your just objectors as such. They just think that if we get a Greenway, the railway is gone. And that's not the truth, you know? So basically, the main people that would be objecting thinks that we have a choice, but we don't. Um, and like that's the word that I wanted to get out. But I spoke to um, one of the guys, one farmer that brought us to the High Court actually to go against the Greenway project and fought with Waterford County Council for a number of years and delayed the project, I suppose. And he said that himself, that it, it delayed it longer along the line because they, um, they went to the High Court about trying to stop it. And he said, Mary, if I'd have known then what I know now, he said, and not in a million years, he said, would we pump the money in or would we have done anything? Because he said, even my relations have been all over the Waterford area. And he said, the business that this Greenway is actually attracting, attracting, he said, is unbelievable. And like I know, and I'm not sitting here saying our one is going to be the same as the Waterford one. We have our own uniqueness in the one that is proposed for the Yall Middleton line. The, the Dungarvan one is a way longer and it's a different project completely, but it is similar in the sense that it's the Greenway project. We have different things to offer. We have the Valley Bells and Marsh, and we have other areas, beautiful areas, as you mentioned, the hidden gems down here that need to be seen. But um, he just said to me, look, Mary, he said, if there's anything I can do or if I can speak to anybody, he said, I will be telling him, he said, do not object to this. It has opened up, he said, Dungarvan, Kilmet Thomas, and all the areas in between, he said, 100%. He said there are people visiting that had never heard of Dungarvan before. Yeah, and, and it shows how, how it has changed there. So for, for yourselves now there in Yole, 
is there a timeline Mary for this I know you gave examples there of what needs to be done and the different shareholders that need to be spoken about on this particular project but if this is all to go ahead what is the timeline for this to actually open in you all I presume you're talking a good number of years at this stage Yes we would be talking years it isn't that it's going to happen today or tomorrow John Paul like as I say it closed on Tuesday for the public submissions they were very very positive which is good um, and the majority of people realised that this is the way to go but we would be talking a number of years the next part that comes after this you would be looking at then funding going out to tender so all them official stuff has to be done and of course speaking with all the farmers that will be that their lands are involved in on the way on the greenway passage we'll say so I mean so we are a number of years down the track but I would be quite hopeful that we'd be looking at two to three years at the longest Okay, well, we'll wait and see what happens, Mary. Keep us up to date on that I progress will. there with the Greenway. It would be a good news story for tourism in you And, you know, like Dungarvan, uh, hopefully things will, will work out for a positive respect in you If there is a, a railway line later on in, in time, I'm sure that, that will work out as well. And we could have a different infrastructure in five or ten years' time anyway, the way technology is going. For the moment, Mary, thank you for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, that is uh, Mary Lennon Foley, local councillor in the Yall area on that Greenway in Yall. Your view on that, I know. I have seen other areas of Cork proposing a greenway. Are they good? Do you welcome them? If you're in Yule, would you welcome this opportunity to have a greenway in your own area of East Cork to promote East Cork and indeed promote Yule as a tourist destination? And I've also seen other areas whereby they're asking, could the old railway lines, for example, from Cork to Bandon, could they be used as a greenway from that area, from Cork to Bandon, heading to West Cork? And also I've heard people in Mallow asking, could they have some type of a greenway in the Mallow area uh, along the route, maybe going via the Blackwater up towards Castletown Road? Could something be done in that area to promote uh, that region of North Cork. Anyhow, our lines are open. Would you like a greenway in your area? Some people don't want them and we feel the land should be kept. Uh, But as Mary said, they really would be keeping the land and leasing the land from Irish Rail until whatever happens in the future. If that land needs to go back to them, well, well, so be it. But no one knows what's going to happen in the future regarding public transport. Anyhow, lines are open. 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now, a fundraising concert is taking place and it's in St. James's, historic St. James's Church in Mallow. It's on tonight and it's support from a lot of the local groups and also an internationally acclaimed tenor who we speak to in a while who has joined us from America in our studio in Mallow. Now, the concert will go towards the funding of repairs to the church roof in this very historic church. And with more information, first of all, on that, I'm joined by Mervyn Short. And Mervyn, a very good morning to you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. And thank you for joining us in the studio. First of all, before I go into the fundraiser itself, a lot of people interested to hear what is happening with the church. People are aware of the roof. And this is a very historic church known to everybody, not only in Mallow, but in the North Cork and indeed Cork area. It's well known. Many photos of Mallow would include St. James's. So what's the latest at the moment? Absolutely. Um, the, the latest is we have uh, scaffolding up inside the church and we've removed all the paint from the, the hall and up to the tower. Uh, there is some, re- a lot of damage has been done to the, the mortar and that has to be replaced and repaired. Uh, I, this building was uh, built in 1812, so I'm sure not an awful lot has been done to it in mm. that period of time. So it's now uh, we're taking it on. Uh, the scaffolding has been in, inside for the last nine months and I on the outside for the last three months. Uh, we're removing the windows, the diamond-shaped windows, and uh, being repaired. They're, they're quite badly damaged and they need repair and replaced. So 
it's it's just uh, ongoing repair that need and and tonight's is is fundraising for well for the uh, maintenance of the union of parishes in in Mallow. But you know uh, you, when you see the scaffolding, you know that there's yeah. work going on and it costs money. And the work you mentioned there regarding windows and all of that, people are just aware that it's it's the roof. But there's so much more going on that you need to be done for the church to secure it. It's wear and tear, I presume, over the years. It, is it? it is indeed. It is indeed. And I think if you just take the priorities, I mean, it was the priority before was the roof, and I, I think we've 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 uh, that is fixed for the moment but this is a job that needs to be done and uh, the longer it's left the the, the worse it gets so yeah. we, we're just putting a lot of time and effort into it all the paint was removed by volunteers okay. over the last uh, maybe the first uh, of three or four months and now we're just having the builders in having a look at it and experts in looking at the windows to know what how we can do it now that's all been taken care of and we're now moving ahead with, with, with the project and uh, Mervyn I suppose one thing that we, we mentioned there earlier with uh, Marilyn and Foley from, Co- uh, from Yol and this was to do with tourism in Yale and bringing in greenways, uh, churches like this, historic churches, they do gather an interest from people who are visiting the area and particularly North Cork, they're trying to get tourism into the area like that and that's why it's important to keep these churches in the state they are so they will live on yeah. forever, hopefully anyhow in the towns and that's what's happening with St. James and that's yeah. why you're doing the big fundraiser tonight. Absolutely, for that. absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, uh, Gerard would be, would be, um, a typical tourist, so to speak, mm, and yeah. he has been around with me for the last three or four days, and he's really interested in churches, you know, and, yeah. and we've been to Castletown Roach, and we've been to a number of churches around, uh, old churches and castles, and like, that's, I'm just, that's a typical example of the interest that people have, and he has, he hasn't seen this kind of, uh, these kind of old buildings before, so it's of interest to him, you know, um, yeah, and as, as, as I think he said, we have walls that are older than his country. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gerard joins us as well in studio, Gerard, who Jose Ortega is from Miami, an international acclaimed tenor who will be performing tonight in St. James's Church. Gerard, thank you for joining us in studio. Uh, as, as Mervyn mentioned there, churches like this, quite common in Ireland, uh, but for you, not so much so. I, have you sung in churches like St. James's in the past? Are they special to sing in? Never, never quite like this. It's really oh. an incredible experience to see the architecture, appreciate the history in it and all of the artwork inside as well. And looking forward to tonight, so to performing in a church like St. James's. Absolutely, in yes. yeah. And just tell us about yourself, because uh, looking at, at your blog online, you you've done a lot over the last while. I mean, you've we hear Miami there, but you've uh, been on stage. You've been a national finalist in America in the New York Lyric Opera Competition concert. Tell us about that uh, in New York, in one of the biggest halls in New York. Uh, how did you get to that particular stage? Well, actually, uh, I, I I sometimes think of myself as a professional auditioner. <laughs> yeah. I just audition, and sometimes <laughs> someone bites the bait and one of yeah. those was a very lucky occasion where I was able to be a, a finalist in Carnegie Hall for the New York Lyric Opera Vocal Competition um, I've also done a few operas here and there and it's just been such a blessing to do the work that I love. And how did you get into uh, the, the world of opera and arts and, and, and becoming a tenor? How did all that come about? Well, my grandmother and I are both from Spain and when she used to clean she would always put on Placido Domingo and I always would try to imitate him at six years old. Didn't work out well then yeah. but um, I, I think it's been a dream of mine to sing opera all my life and uh, it's been an incredible journey so far. And was it through school or college that you got, got training or did you just train yourself? Actually I, I have a lot of wonderful mentors and teachers behind me. I did start with just you know 
interest into the art form, and they've all kind of grown me and, and cultivated me through the years with, with lots of wonderful guidance and tutelage. And it's worked out if you're getting to finals like that in America. <laughs> and, and do you tour yourself? I mean, this is your full-time gig. This is what you do? or, or Well, yeah. I'm, I'm also the director of music for the Methodist Church in, okay. uh, in Miami, uh-huh. um, and I'm also a, a voice teacher. But first and foremost, I am a performer. So, but yes. And would you perform outside of America a lot? As in, would you perform winter conference concerts across Europe, or is this a one-off? This is this is the first time that I've actually made it back to Europe. Uh, my family's from Spain. I have performed in Nicaragua, and I will be performing in Canada later on this year. Very good. So, if people go along tonight, what can they expect to hear? What songs that, that people will know will you be performing tonight at St James's? What I love about the selection that Mervyn and I came up with mm-hmm. is that it's uh, really a little bit of insight into who I am in my journey as a singer. Okay. I'll be singing a lot of. Uh, classic hymns uh, that you can expect to hear in church a little redone and then uh, some jazz because I did grow up in New Orleans Uh and uh, also a lot of opera and a lot of sacred songs and some Broadway and you mentioned your journey there. I mean, you're quite young, for, first of all, for a tenor. Usually we expect them to be older. But also <laughs> your journey when you say you're, 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 you come across, you're very religious and you're, you're involved in the Methodist Church a lot. Is that something, because here in Ireland, there's a mixture at the moment when it comes to religion. Some people, you know, will have a faith, but may not attend their local church, whether yeah. that be Church of Ireland or a Catholic church or whatever religion they are. Is that different in America? We, we see that from TV. There's a, a big difference in America with religion. No, you have a bigger population, so that could be mm-hmm. one of the things. Uh, but is there a difference among younger people in America when it comes to religion that you are attending services like you're involved with the Methodist Church? Yeah, I, I think it's one thing that's really difficult for us right now is getting more youth into the church mm. these days and, and just, you know, uh, it's been uh, an interesting experience for me as someone that goes regularly for the last few years, uh, but it's always been a rewarding one. And have you always gone to, to, to service or is it just recently you've well, got back into Well, I've it? actually always been a, um, contracted to sing okay. um, and and to provide musical services for churches. Uh, but it wasn't until the last seven years that I found my home in this particular Methodist church that I truly found um, a calling there. And I believe that the work that I do is work and it's also being able to serve my faith, which is a blessing. And you have the singing there as well then that you oh, yeah. b- bring Very into that Very nourished on all fronts. Yeah. And Mer- and then uh, when you mentioned that, that you were bringing Gerard over, how, how, did you, how did you get in contact with him and how did you get in contact with Mervyn? How did all this come about? Um, well, my, my daughter lives in Miami, so I spent some time oh, in Miami right. and okay. that's where we, we ran into each other many years ago. And uh, again, the, listening to him at, in, in, in singing um, with the choir and um, in the church. And I got, we just got to know each other, and I kind of thought, you know, this is a good idea. You know, he, he's a, he's an absolutely beautiful singer, and uh, you know, why not come and bring him to Ireland and, and, and share his excellent voice? You know, mm. um, so I mean, we're, we're looking forward to tonight. Um, can I just say that there, there, you know, there's tickets still available tonight. Um, they, they can be got at Katie's newsagent without a problem, but they will be available at the door too. So, and we have there is availability of tickets. So that, uh, some people might have thought that it was sold out, but it's not completely sold out, and we. we the, people can get them at the door at any time so there's not a problem so if you can't get the, the Katie's news agent today the door tonight door we'll tonight, still yeah. have them yeah. I put the doors are open at 7, 7 o'clock and then the concert starts at 7.30 and I think we've a, we've a very good lineup of, of, of they're all local p- people yeah, and local uh, groups as well yeah, coming so, just let us so. know about those local groups because you have a lot of musical groups here in the Mallow area yes, that are yeah, performing tonight absolutely mm-hmm. and you have Cormella of course the local group yeah, yeah. and who else is, is coming along tonight well the, 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 a very young gifted um, cellist from Mornabi um, oh. Akiva Cronin is, is playing 
playing tonight. She's never played uh, in, in a concert there before, so it's, it's she's on her own, and, and, and she's she's young and gifted, and, and we're looking forward to that one. Uh, Shabale is an, another music group. There's five ladies in that, and uh, that's based in Mallow as well. And um, uh, there's there's a they're a, l- a lovely group. They sing all kinds of different things. They're supporting. Uh, there's a couple of duets that that they're supporting. Uh, um, Gerard and and uh, and then obviously Kultori. Um, which have been around yep. Mallow for mm-hmm. for a long time, and yeah. we're just going to get them get them on the stage for a, for a, for a change, and we're looking forward to them as well. So, so and Gerard, you're looking forward to performing with these local groups, I presume tonight. Well, last night I had the rehearsal, oh, and yeah. I'm completely enamored <laughs> with the string trio pianist and the other singer. From what I understand, they do a lot of weddings in the area, and I was just so floored by what I heard in the performance alone and the collaboration was just really lovely so I'm very excited well that's excellent and I don't know if you want to do this I'm really putting you on the spot I didn't ask you Uh-oh. before we came on air if you want just for 20 seconds only because we don't have a lot of time left but I won't get you to sing a full song but if you want to do 20 seconds or 30 seconds you just to give a, a flavour of what people can expect tonight sure okay Che bella cosa in giornata e sole naria serena dopo una tempesta per l'aria fresca pareggia una festa bella cosa Oh, well done. <laughs> well done. Well and what a voice. Well it's well it's well almost well amazing when you speak to people like yourself, <laughs> <laughs> and you've come across this, I'm sure, before, and then you sing like that, and it's a, a totally different voice. But well done. Best of luck, Gerardo. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your. Is your first time in Malo? Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you? What, what did you make? In love. I'm in love. <laughs> I love it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> a lot, di- a lot different than uh, Miami. So different <laughs> from the weather to the charm and the people. The food is yeah. delicious. Well, that's great. good. Well, they look after you, Madam. Anyhow, and Mervyn, thank you for coming into us. Thank Best you, John. Paul. Tonight. Thank you. Uh, tickets it. are fifteen euro and on sale from Katie's news agents. And indeed, you'll get them on the door tonight at St James's Church in Mallow. Uh, should be a good night there. Plenty of performance and Gerardo as well. That was a, uh, just a sample of what he's going to do later, guys. Thank you for joining us in studio. Uh, eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three lines open. Uh, good afternoon to you. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three lines are open. You can text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Or indeed, you can always email jp at c103.ie. Uh, just some more comments in. This, first of all, to do uh, with what we were on about earlier and precautionary tale for those living on the borders of Cork and Kerry. Or indeed, as we heard as we went on through the conversation, Cork and Waterford as well. This is to do with deer poaching going on in the area. And a lot of people were on to us earlier on in the week. And they were suspicious of activity happening on farmyards in land nearby. And they weren't too sure what was going on. And then we realised... Uh, when we dug into it a bit more uh, that there's a gang it seems going around at the moment late at night in the early hours of the morning and they're basically deer poaching and there's been a surge of that in the last number of weeks while we discussed that earlier on the show and one of the things that has come up now is about stag hunting and yes we discussed that that is still going on and animal lovers saying what about that particular issue how cruel is that is that still going on well it seems to be and going on calls we're getting from various areas particularly North that is uh, going on at the moment it would seem but as we were speaking earlier to the Irish Deer Commission and to Damien Hannigan he was explaining what they are trying to do but also what people should do uh, and if they come across somebody 
that is acting suspiciously, well, then uh, you should uh, contact your local Garda station, even though a good point by somebody earlier on saying most of the Garda stations are closed in rural areas by two o'clock in the afternoon. If you still ring the number, they'll transfer you to the nearest Garda station, but at least there'll be a record kept of it anyhow. And then the Deer Association can look into that at a later stage. Anyhow, thank you for your text to 286 2103 Also, we were dealing with the issue of posters, which are still up following the presidential election. Got a lot of calls from the Bushevent area regarding that. Marion to us asking when can they be removed? Well, they should be removed today and this evening will be the last day they should be up. And a Killarney listener has got in touch to say sometimes when they are removing uh, the, or sometimes when signs are being removed by vandals, which can happen, and maybe more so can happen during the election than after the election. But anyhow, when signs are removed by vandals, especially if they have fallen lower on the pole, the big problem then is the plastic ties and they are left behind. These ties can present a huge danger when they're down in the lower part of the pole to anyone walking along because they are difficult to see. And to an unexpected person or an unexpected trained eye, you are walking and next thing you walk straight into this particular tie. It can cause eye injuries and probably has in the past uh, thanks to a Killarley listener for that particular text and we mentioned the greenways there and the greenway in Yawl and I was saying about other areas I've seen speaking about greenways and looking for greenways so we had uh, could the old railway line from Cork to Bandonbury opened and there was people looking for a greenway maybe along the Blackwater near Mallow or going from Mallow towards maybe Castletown Road Donrell those areas people are looking for greenways in those particular areas anyhow a Texan here is saying what about a greenway for McCroom the Massey River walk could be continued to the Four Mile Bridge and you're right that's another area where there could be a greenway and there was a railway line to McCroom at one stage as well but that would be a, a fabulous view and fabulous walk there uh, from McCroom uh, via Massytown River Walk onto Four Mile Bridge uh, thank you for your text on that a lot of people are still shocked at our earlier story this morning when Karen contacted us and Karen was telling us about her friend who basically uh, a busy lifestyle and it's a word of warning if you didn't hear this later uh, or earlier on. A busy lifestyle whereby her friend was had a pet. The pet was loved, but with the busy lifestyle, the pet had to go uh, free to a good home, went along to a person who they thought was genuine, uh, gave the pet to that particular person. Uh, and then a few days later, a week later, they got a call from that person to say that uh, they wanted 200 euros uh, or else the dog would be killed. So uh, obviously enough, Karen's friend went along, met that person again and gave that person 200 euros and got their dog back safely. The dog is safe at the moment. We didn't hear from Neve in a similar Situation. Uh, in her situation, though, they weren't going to kill the dog, but they were going to put the dog somewhere else in, in a rescue centre that she wasn't aware of, so she wasn't sure what it would be like for her dog. Even though she gave her dog free to a good home, she presumed that particular family were going to look after her dog. Uh, they didn't, and they threatened her that they would send the dog somewhere else. So she had to go off again and travel and meet this particular person, and she had to hand over 100 euros. So, just a word of warning a lot of people are shocked at. Uh, this going on and taken back but it is happening so a word of warning if you have a pet in your household and the pet you have maybe you're busy uh, with life and you, you have to kind of move on and or else you, you just simply cannot look after the dog you have to give the dog to a good home as the advice we got earlier on to people is go to a recognised rescue centre that you know yourself or make sure you give the dog to someone you actually know so a lot of people are still shocked by that particular story earlier on this morning on the show and Jerry was on to us and he would be bringing up the issue of wearing the poppy and the whole poppy debate. It comes from uh, James McLean, of course, uh, who is an Irish football player and also 
uh, is uh, playing in the UK and the issue has come up uh, about the poppy for Stoke's upcoming game against Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest and uh, James McLean again has said and he's saying this year on year I'm sure he's sick of saying it he's not wearing the poppy in Dove gave his reasons why done and dusted uh, but Jerry was basically asking how other people felt and would they be uh, proud to wear the poppy or would they not wear the poppy uh, well a lot of people have come back and I did mention earlier that we had a lot of Irish who were fighting in World War One under the British Army and that and many Irish people do wear the poppy for that particular reason and it was mentioned of course in the presidential debate wearing the poppy might bring communities together also then we have people saying that no it does symbolise the atrocities that were carried out by the British Army in the past and some people felt it was a symbol of British imperialism they would never wear the poppy due to that well some people have been on to us and Niall saying no because of the reasons earlier callers gave and what outlined uh, that what we outlined earlier and uh, Niall says no I will never uh, wear the poppy here or anywhere. Uh, while John in McCroom says, yes, I'm wearing my poppy as we speak and I put it on every year, says John in McCroom. While Claire says oh, she wears her poppy all the time. Absolutely, she says, we're remembering all our soldiers in all our wars, says Claire. So, yeah, the, the majority of people who have watched up and text us have no issue and say they will wear their poppy. Uh, we have people, obviously, who would not wear it, but there's actually more texts uh, that from people that will wear the poppy than those who won't so interesting on that on the poppy your views are welcome 1850-333-103 or simply do you even care about that you can text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 on the way we're going to hear about a housing estate it's a new housing estate in Bandon and they basically have problems accessing broadband seemingly the wires and what needs to be brought in but the developer for broadband is there uh, but there's something else going on where they can't access broadband anyhow uh, they're having problems we'll hear more about that in a while. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. And the Lep Scarecrow Festival. They have contacted us to let people know that, and obviously with people going back to school on Monday next, uh, their events, which were planned for that day, they have all been moved. So the Witches Dance, the Monster Draw, and the Burning of the Scarecrows, they will now take place at 8 o'clock on Sunday evening at the Lep Inn. So change there from Monday to Sunday for all those activities as part of the Lep Scarecrow Festival taking part Sunday now, 8 o'clock at the Lep Inn. And best of luck to everybody in Milford because tonight Milford GAA they are holding an Oscars night in the Charnival Park Hotel they'll have celebrity judges there including Davy Fitz Anna Geary will be there tonight and also will be Maeve McGrath now there'll be seven movies shown on the night as well all proceeds from that night will be going to the new all-weather pitch in Milford GAA so best of luck the Oscars night there great night that is best of luck to all in Milford uh, that going ahead tonight in the Charnival Park Hotel and on Monday night next the Jack O'Dr- Driscoll Fund will hold a fundraising night with the stars in the Silver Springs Hotel. Roy Keane, Donalo, Cusack and Valerie Mulcahy will be in attendance. Uh, tickets are available at the moment from Super Value or indeed from Centrist Doors. And the official opening of the Independence Museum in Kilmurray, presented by Kilmurray Historical Association, that will take place on this coming Saturday. You can view lots of old school photos, you can read stories, inspect artefacts and also include schools from not only Kilmurray but the surrounding areas including Canavie, Kilbanan, Cladov, Benablo and others. The exhibition will continue from 2 to 5pm every Sunday in November. 
Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And does travel information into us in the last few minutes. There's an overturned vehicle on the Carrigaline Ballygarvan Road at the Waterworks Junction. Emergency services are at the scene at the moment and traffic can get by with care. Uh, But if you are travelling on that particular road from Carrigaline to Ballygarvan, take extra care. There's an overturned vehicle at the junction of the Waterworks. And also, can I give a mention uh, to something that's taking place tomorrow? It's Coffee, Cake and Chats. Anne Higgins and Noreen Dean inviting you and your friends uh, to join them for their coffee day it's all in aid of Marymount Hospice and it's taking place in High Winds in Maytown and that's in Ballycott and it's running tomorrow from 11am to the late evening so if you're in the East Cork area in and around Ballycott head along to High Winds in Maytown and Ballycott uh, that particular coffee day for Marymount Hospice and also can I give a mention uh, to an event that's happening on Sunday the 11th of November at the Charnival Park Hotel Jimmy Buckley and special guests including Claudia Buckley and Paddy Brian is taking part at the Charnival Park Hotel. You get more information there from the hotel. Now, uh, something that comes up a lot in the programme, we discussed it earlier this week, is the issue of broadband. It would seem now that there's an estate in Bandon, a new estate in Bandon that is having problems accessing broadband. Uh, let's get more on this. Uh, Councillor Gillian Coughlin has contacted the show this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Gillian. Good afternoon, Campbell. Okay, you've contacted us because people within the new housing estate, they've got onto you, and it seems where broadband is available, uh, is it that the wiring is in the estate or the service provider hasn't switched on something, that they're without the particular uh, broadband access? Well, John Paul, I met with a resident in um, in, in Ashalling in Bandon um, about a week ago, and I was astounded to hear that not only does this estate not has it not been uh, connected to the broadband network in fact they cannot even get a, a home telephone um in their homes there is no telephone line going into these houses now these people have been living in this house with 18 months and there is no telephone line nor is there any broadband and Many times, um, the the young man who approached me was, is actually a student in in UCC, and um, over the past eighteen months, he and his family have made many many attempts to contact Air um, with regards to the um, connection of their home to the broadband network, and many deadlines have been passed. Air has promised them they're coming, they're coming this date and the other date, and nothing has happened. And I, in fact, have seen the correspondence that has been between these um, these customers and air with the promises of dates, and these dates have not been um, upheld. So it seems that the infrastructure is in place. The developer has all of the necessary infrastructure in place, and it is now up to air to come and connect these homes. And I understand it's a new estate and it takes time and that they're under a lot of pressure. But there are over 30 homes in this estate, um, John Paul. And this is not, you know, this is not rural broadband. This is not one home connection. This is an estate, a new estate in Bandon, you know, 20 miles away from Cork City. And I um, presume, Gillian, sorry, when you just mentioned the new estate, I thought it was as a estate built in the last month, two months, three months. No, so 18 no. months they've been without uh, even a phone line. In 18 months without a telephone line or um, or broadband. And the, you know, even this this young man who, who spoke to me, he was, you know, he's on a... Um, a ready-to-go mobile phone package, so mm. he's paying his mobile bill, you know, topping up. And the amount of times that he had a, a full 20 euros eaten up um, by talking on to air, waiting on hold, and no satisfactory answers, emails unanswered. It's really very frustrating. And 
he's in university. He's um, doing a, a course uh, there, and he needs broadband to access and to do his to do his college work. And as I say, this is an, an issue, of course, in in this estate, and this one I want to highlight. But this can be replicated, particularly Kilcolman, Ahiol, Newcastle I've had many, many complaints of people, particularly with third level students who who could stay at home, who could drive up and down to college, but are precluded from doing so because of the lack of broadband. They need broadband to do their work. And they are paying high rents in Cork City, adding to the the, pro- the problem of student accommodation because of the lack of broadband services at home. Now, they might be, you know, in the rural areas. That's not to say that they don't need attention. I, I actually wholeheartedly think that they do in order to stimulate economic activity in the rural areas. But this, I think, in, in size in Bandon Town is an absolute disgrace. Yeah, and, and this particular new estate, first of all, you're mentioning Inish Alling. Where exactly is this in Bandon? Is, is this the one up on the Newstown Road, on a by road off the Newstown Road it in Bandon? Is, it is, it is. It's adjacent okay. to Inish Orga. So yeah, yeah, I know, the, I know the one. You do, you do. Um, so you, with this particular estate, yeah, I, I know the one. It's, it's this particular estate, so uh, as you say, n- new enough, people have bought houses in there. The developer, it seems, has put what he needs to put in there. Yes. regarding broadband so he's done his bit yes. is it the fact that Gillian this has been raised more and more again that we are building houses in areas where the infrastructure isn't and nothing to do with the developer he has put his side in there but in general regarding as they call themselves now Open Air is, is the company that looks after the provision yes. of all of this is it that we are building housing estates in areas where the infrastructure isn't there in the first place and because it hasn't been put in before the planning it, this will happen I mean why wasn't this looked into that is a very rural road it's a small country road that probably at the moment from what I can tell isn't coping with the amount of traffic going for all those houses there was plans there Gillian you'll be aware to build a new road at the top of what would be known as Convent Hill in Bandon to access that particular area that wasn't done that was supposed to be in place I'm sure with another development as well that also wasn't done so with all yes. that in mind, I mean, it's the same with broadband. If the road scheme hasn't been improved, that they haven't thought of the broadband situation either. And there's more planning there for houses on that particular road with the same conditions that haven't been applied to either. So what's going to happen? Absolutely, John Paul. I think that um, the north side of Bandon Town is under severe strain um, infrastructurally, not only with broadband, but as you say, with basic road services, that estate and its adjacent estate in Ishorga. Um, it is a hazard for anybody to walk from that estate into Bandon Town or at least to the top of Convent Hill and um, that road is deadly, deadly dangerous. So certainly yes, this is this is a problem in Ireland. Um short termism, you know, planning when we need houses but not putting in the infrastructure that is required. Um like we've seen in Bandon with the, the sewage scheme, you know, the, the sewage now needs to be completely overhauled because it can't take the the growth in the population. Um now that wasn't a historic pro- problem. But I think broadband in this day and age is such an essential part of everyday life. You know, renewing your motor tax. Um, all of those jobs need to be done online. And they're things that people do at home, in the, you know, after work. Um, and they need that, that service to do so. And again, we shouldn't even have to defend the, the right to broadband. You know, people um, streaming films and, and for entertainment. That is all part of everyday life for people now. But some people are being um, precluded from doing so. And I think that that really is a disgrace. And yes, as you say, Planning is certainly um, a part of it. We need to be assured when people buy houses that they can access the basic services. As I say, whatever, even about broadband, to get a phone line into the house. I mean, the uh, basic services. Teacher, Albert Reynolds, you know, yeah. that would have been a, a big issue for him way back in the 1970s. I mean, surely we've moved on from that. 
So I suppose it's the thing that I have raised at Bant and Municipal District level and I have asked that we write to open air and that they would send a spokesperson in to actually inform us exactly where the rollout process is um, in, band, in the Bant and area. As I say, I've had numerous complaints from individual householders, in particular black spots around Ahiol Kilcombe in particular is an extraordinary black spot, Town. Um, and other little pockets that are kind of unexpected, you know, that, that um, aren't, aren't picky up broadband. And I have asked that we get some accountability because this is the problem. We write letters and we complain. And this is why I contacted your programme, uh, John Paul. You know, all of the work that you would do behind the scenes contacting officials, on this occasion, it seems to be, it seems not to be getting anywhere. So I felt that the only recourse I had was to really spot, shine a spotlight on it in the public domain and to give these people some representation because they really have been banging their head off a wall for 18 months. Now, except it's a long time. Things take time. Very, very long time. Very frustrating as well. well. We have contacted AIR in the last few minutes with this particular yes. issue. Uh, we've given them the, where the actual estate is and yes. what people living there are, are looking for. And it is unfortunate because a lot of these people in those estates, I would know a lot of them, they are young people, young families yes. who mm-hmm. ha- are from the area. And, yes. and a lot of talk is keeping young people in the area. I mean, I mean young now, I'm speaking 20 and 30s. Yes, 30s yes. Yeah, and, and keeping them in the area they're from. They have purchased in the area. The estates yes. are kept very well. It's unfortunate, though, you have the broadband issue, first of all. And then I don't know what was in the, the exact planning for those particular estates but I'm sure something would have been done for the road network whereby a footpath should be there from those estates into the oh, town abandoned because it is outside the town in fairness and they don't have that facility either you know it's dangerous you know don't have broadband I mean you're speaking about responsibility for air and we'll wait for air to get back to us and I suppose they are a private company and that they could say anything but it is a responsibility for them the other side of this is it's also Gillian it goes back to County Hall where it's a responsibility for them to make sure the infrastructure is there in the first place and outside of broadband that you have the infrastructure for roads, for footpaths, for water. I'm sure that there was problems there before we had callers down from those estates who couldn't flush a toilet. Yeah, absolutely, John Paul. And indeed, that estate has come up time out of number in um, in our municipal district meetings, particularly with regard to the footpath issue. I mean, it's it's a glaring need in that area, um, especially, as you say, the young families are getting a little bit older. They, yeah. Their children will start walking to school, perhaps, or would like to walk to school or cycle to school. Certainly, I wouldn't advise any parent to allow any child out on that road to, uh, with the speed and the, just the dangerous corners, you know. It's not suitable for pedestrians. And we have, myself and other councillors, have called time out of numbers for a footpath from Inishorga into, into town. Um, and again, you know, where is the development levy? Why hasn't that been um, put into place in a footpath on that area? We can get no satisfactory answer to that. Um, and we, along with the footpath, the license. There's no lighting up beyond, um, much further up behind the convent, um, up out of town. And that is the land that is zoned for development in this area. So if it's going to be zoned, and if, it's, if there's going to be more houses, which there is planning in for further houses on the north side of the town, the infrastructure needs put in place. And I have been calling for that for quite some time. The Northern Relief Road, as you mentioned earlier, the nascent plans for that are on the um, local area plan to um, make a road from a bridge over the Bandon at Billy Cahillan up to McCroom Road and from there on to Carew. The danger is, I fear, that the first phase from, say, Billy Cahillan up to the McCroom Road would take place and that the second phase would not take place and we would have, again, two, two half bypasses in Bandon, like the, the southern bypass. Yeah. So I've been calling for the southern bypass to be completed, to take that out to the Clannacilty Road, to take the heavy traffic out of the 
town centre and to again then to concentrate on a northern bypass to relieve the north side of the town. Okay, well, it's an issue that is not only happening in that area, band, and it's happening, unfortunately, in a lot of towns. I've seen another comment here from a uh, who describes herself, Mary, a young mother in Mallow who bought a house recently in Mallow. Same situation as those people in Bandon. It's very, very frustrating. Um, Gillian, we'll see what happens and we, we'll keep an eye on this. We have been on to air, so hopefully they'll get back to us and hopefully Thanks, if, if the equipment is in there anyway, it seems to be a, a way of just connecting something up. But it, it sounds like that the infrastructure they have on that particular route, because it is still a rural route, isn't up to dealing with the capacity for those homes. And I know people living in rural areas in that particular area, Bandon, who were left with no broadband any time because they built all these houses obviously no fault of the people in those houses but when they use their broadband they're taking more and more of the bandwidth and then it's leaving those further up the line with no broadband so it's a major issue not only for Bandon but everywhere and I think a lot of responsibility has to go back to the planners too in County Hall I think they do need to look not only about water and roads they need to look at the modern side of things and is there provision for broadband so we don't have families like this I hope that young lad does get uh, somewhere to get his study done anyhow um, and best of luck with him on that for the moment Gillian thanks for raising the issue we'll 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 keep you up to date on that we have been on to air ourselves that's local councillor and Bandon Gillian Coughlin and a lot of people uh, not only there are affected by this it's a big story across the county but frustrating when you pay big money for a house and you're ex- you're told you get xyz and the majority uh, i mean of housing states are, are okay and you, you do get what you pay for but then there's a minority like those people in that particular housing estate near bandon where they they pay big money and then they don't get what they paid for i.e they get the house but the services which follow may not be there so a big discussion still on that particular issue it hasn't gone away our lines are open on that you can email us across the weekend if it affects you jp at c103.ie uh, still reports coming in that particular accident in uh, Ballygarvan and Carrigaline if you're on that particular road a car has, earned, has overturned on the Carrigaline Ballygarvan road that's happened at the Waterworks Junction emergency services are at the scene there at the moment and traffic can get by there with care and can I just say best of luck to everybody who is nominated for tomorrow night in the Cork Business Awards uh, night of celebrating all that is good about Cork and all that is good about Cork business and we have so many great businesses here in Cork providing employment and to providing so much services to the Cork area so if you are nominated for the Cork Business Awards tomorrow night best of luck with that our own C103's Patricia Messenger presenter of this particular programme will be there she's one of the MCs uh, tomorrow night along with her own colleague PJ Coogan also uh, so herself and PJ will be your uh, MC there tomorrow night at the Cork Business Awards so best of luck to them and best of luck to you if you are nominated I saw so many nominations on Facebook and Twitter so best of luck to all uh, those particular businesses and you would have met some of those and heard some of those businesses on our outside broadcast from Mallow from Bantry Skibbereen and McCroom over the last year so hello to all of you and best of luck always a great night there tomorrow night uh, with the Cork Business Awards now another issue Mary Mary was stopped at traffic lights there a while ago and due to roadworks there was traffic lights up so the traffic was light was red so Mary was stopped at the traffic lights and there was roadworks taking place what happened to Mary two cars passed her out so these two cars I presume Mary were behind you they passed her out and carried on glad there was no cars coming towards us says Mary that that happens at the odd time when you're stopped at a traffic light for roadworks especially people think they're there as a precaution and you'll have somebody behind you who just pulls out and passes you out and drives on even though the light is red anyhow Mary you're lucky uh, that there was no car coming towards you because not too sure what would have happened or what that driver who passed you out would have done Thank you for that. Not too sure what that was, but thank you, Mary, for your text. 
uh, yeah, it can be scary if there was something coming towards you. Or there was a truck or a big vehicle. Anyhow, 1850-333-103. Lines open. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Do you like weddings? Do you go to weddings? I've gone to a lot of them over the last few years. Still two more to go this year and more next year. But how about you? Do you like weddings? I think they're a good day out. Well, you could want to get your suit ready because there's a mock wedding coming up. Now, I'm told the wedding itself could be nearly sold out, but you can still go to the afters. We'll hear about this mock wedding and who's taking part. It's for Nazareth House, which is located in near Drumahan, near Mala. We'll hear from them next. 1850-333-103. Lines open. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Can I just give a mention to everybody in Drumtariff GA? Because they are running Strictly Come Dancing. That's taking place in the Charleville Park Hotel. It's on the 10th of November. And the event is a fundraising event as part of the further development of our grounds in Rathcool. So the best of luck to everybody there uh, in uh, of GA. We'll hear more about their fundraising, I'm sure, over the next course of the week. And I mentioned there about the housing estates and people having problem accessing broadband. And not only broadband, but accessing basic services like water or indeed having lighting up to their particular homes or having a footpath. Well, a lot of people on to us about that, summed up by this particular texter who says, What happens to the property tax? We buy our houses with great difficulty. And you're right, trying to get a mortgage, trying to save up for a deposit and all of that. And then we are being charged property tax. And now we are being charged again because you have to try and sort this up. Uh, so, yeah, um, thanks for your text on that. Summed up by everybody asking what is happening to the property tax that we are all paying for. Supposed to be getting services and frustrating like those living not only in that housing estate we mentioned in Bandon, but getting calls from various parts of the county who are having problems just accessing broadband and new housing estates and indeed lighting as well. Uh, thank you for your text on that uh, to 0862103103. Uh, we mentioned the poppy earlier. People just looking for the view on if you would or if you would not wear the poppy. Mary coming back to us on that saying, on regarding of the wearing of the poppy, just remember those soldiers gave up their todays for our tomorrows, says Mary. That's for people who have different views on if you would or would not wear the poppy. Okay, now I mentioned earlier about a mock wedding and this is Nazareth House near Drumahan. They are investing in the popular home that is so loved by many people in the Manor area and because of that they are fundraising and they're fundraising with a mock wedding. Now one of those who is taking part in the mock wedding is Councillor John Paul O'Shea and he will be getting married to the Kerry Rose Celine O'Shea I hope to speak to one of them shortly but first of all just on what is happening in Nazareth House and the plans they have there I'm joined by one of their team who is Helen Martin Helen a good afternoon to you Good afternoon, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, and thanks for chatting to us. Now, I'll get to the wedding in a while, uh, because it's always a fun day, is a wedding, a great day. People do love weddings, and you've organised a mock wedding, but you've organised this because you were fundraising for Nazareth House, and I passed it there over the last while, and and there is a lot of work going on there that is evident to see. Uh, You were telling us some of the plans last year. Just how has the work gone? Uh, What stage are you at, and what are the future plans there for the area? Okay. Well, we're we're well on at this point. Well, as you probably know, it's a, it's an eighteen and a half million redevelopment of the nursing home. So we have the first phase completed, and our residents have moved in to the new bedrooms, all on suite bedrooms, and it is absolutely beautiful. New lovely dining rooms, nice little snug rooms, and um, nice dining rooms, sitting rooms, all of that. And we're on to phase two at this point, uh, which is refurbishing the old part of the building. Uh, which is where we will have our hall, 
we'll have our coffee dock, we'll have our nice uh, big lobby and plenty of area for people from the community to come in and join us for lots of activities and fun over the coming years. And also then the church uh, at the moment is closed for the refurbishment and that will be reopened as well. And I presume everybody that's within Nazareth's house at the moment, they're looking forward to the changeover and, and seeing the works being completed. They're looking forward to their, their new home that you have there because it's an area Nazareth is, is loved, not only in Dramahan and Mallow, but across the North Cork area. Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we have done the first part of the change. People have moved from the old, uh, the old nursing home into the new rooms. And uh, so everybody now has their own single ensuite bedroom uh, with the most beautiful views. If you have been out there, I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. When you look out there and this nice autumn time and you look at all of the trees and that, you have fantastic views from all of the bedrooms. There's lovely gardens. There's a nice enclosed garden um, for people with have, that have dementia. We also have a, a large garden with lots of walking areas. And what we're finding is that people are getting out and about much more and it's easily accessible. Uh, so it's absolutely beautiful. I think people are enjoying it very, very much. Yeah, and a big undertaking to do that. You mentioned there about dementia and we do hear a lot of people who have elderly parents, elderly friends, and they're worried when they get to a certain age or a certain level in dementia, you know, where do they go? How will I care for them in the future? Uh, do you, are you considering more of that now when you're upgrading and doing up your own home? And I presume others in nursing homes are looking more to that and, and how to deal with this in a different way not always a medical way but you mentioned the garden yeah. there looking at that type of thing Absolutely I mean we're, we're very concerned about having a social model and having a place where people can continue to live life and that what, what our motto is that life is for living so regardless of whether you have dementia or whether you're, you're just older or you have some mobility problems you know there's lots that people can still do and I suppose one of the one of the things that we find with people with dementia uh, is that Music is something that they absolutely really enjoy. Um, even people that are in the late stages of dementia, this is something that they can join in and something that they can recognise. And that is really, really good. And we have a choral group every Tuesday evening uh, where we're joined by members of the community who come in and join us. And people really look forward to that. So, uh, And that includes everybody. Uh, anybody that would ever like to come and join us, it's at uh, 6.30 on a Tuesday evening and we're always delighted to have new people come in and join us. I suppose one of the things we would like as well is that people in the community see Nazareth House as a place where they can come and join in and visit with people, but not just visit, but join in and be part of our people's lives. That's yeah, it and it's, really it's good the way you do that, the way you bring the community together and you're bringing the outside community to them. So, you know, everybody feels part of one community without being isolated. That, that exactly. is a very good idea. Really good. OK, tell us about this yeah. wedding, because uh, everything that is going in that you've explained has to be fun. Well, a lot of it has to be fundraised for uh, to get the work underway. It's a mock wedding and you have uh, Councillor John Paul O'Shea getting married to the Kerry Rose, Celine O'Shea. Uh, now, right. one of them was supposed to join us uh, and uh, we can't get through to, to them so we, you, you have to do the talking for, for both of them there now that's what you will okay. well I don't think I can ever just talk as well as, as John Paul but I, <laughs> I'll give it a try anyway so and I don't know if they're both single or not maybe they are maybe they're not but the plan for the date they're, they're both single oh, are they? Okay. however this is, this oh. is I suppose in, 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 the, in the world of today it's a fake wedding it's fake news really but uh, <laughs> however it, it, it looks like it's going to be an absolutely fantastic day uh, as we just said uh, we're having it in the Hibernian Hotel, uh, who are our overall sponsor for the event. 
and uh, we have John Paul marrying Celine, and uh, we're, we're, we have the um, Georgine Buckley is the celebrant who is going to do the, the honours for the day, and uh, Eugene Cosgrove is the father of the of the groom, and Marion Quirk is the mother of the bride or mother of the groom. Um, so, uh, you know, we 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 were hoping that it's starting at five o'clock in the Hibernian Hotel on on Saturday evening. All of the tickets for the actual wedding are sold out at this point, uh, but we do have after tickets available. So we do hope that people will uh, join us for the afters as well because it, sound, it, it sounds like it's going to be a great evening. There'll be a lot of entertainment. We have the Kramer Birds are playing the music and we have two DJs, uh, one in the in the nightclub and one in the ballroom. So uh, for people that do join us afterwards, they will still have an absolutely fantastic night with food and entertainment all night long until the early hours. So exactly so like a normal wedding really had in. So you had the live exactly. band, you had the DJ. Everything there, absolutely, and the food. The food is will be just uh, absolutely top, top notch food and uh, wine and uh, all of the exactly like a normal wedding. Um, except I'm not so sure about the the, the speeches and the fun part uh, will be a little bit different. So I think uh, in order to uh, you need to be there to hear all of that. Okay, exactly. Well, it's sold out for the wedding part, but you can still get tickets for the afters. And how can you get those tickets? Uh, you can get them. They're they're in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow, and they're also in the in the Nazareth House. And if you want to contact me, either my number is zero eight seven two four one five eight nine six, and I will I will sort out tickets for people. Very good. Well, best of luck with the events. And like I can see people texting in here, and I, you're not going to know this, but maybe Helen, you know, if, as they're both single and they're getting married, you, you may create a romance. You, know, you never know. <laughs> you the, never there was a stag and everything uh, before all this, seemingly. So you may create a, a bit of romance there, Helen. You exactly, have to let us know. Exactly. Well, I suppose one of the things we would like the public to do because it is a fundraising event, and we are hoping that people uh, will help us out and that they will make donations to us for the event. So instead of, in lieu of presents, as they say, we would be delighted if people would make a, a donation to us. And you can do that online through our Facebook page, uh, the Nazareth Care Fund uh, page of Facebook, or I Donate. And we would be delighted if people would make some donations because really this is ultimately about fundraising and about helping us to rebuild our fantastic new nursing home in Drumahan. Exactly. Well, best of luck, Helen, there with Nazareth. You're doing fantastic work there and the whole works are going well for you, so let that continue. Best of luck with the wedding. Hope that goes well and we'll chat to you soon. That's Helen Martin there from Nazareth House in Mallow and that wedding taking place this particular weekend should be good. This is C103, Friday afternoon. This is Crowded House. But there's no proof 
House, don't dream it's over. This is C103. That wedding, by the way, I mentioned the mock wedding for Nazareth House going ahead in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow, and it's on Saturday, the 10th of November. Right, Saturday, the 10th of November at the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. That's it, Patricia Messenger back with you Monday from 10 a.m. Thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced. I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your weekend. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.